welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 21st of January 2018, entitled A Good Place to Be, and the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 13. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Matthew chapter 17, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 13. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid, And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. Father, thank you again for this time that we have together in your word this evening. Lord, we know so well, Lord, that we have nothing here this evening within ourselves that will be of any benefit. Lord, as we looked in our Bible study this morning, we pray that, Lord, that Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within us, he's the one that can make these words alive. He's the one that can speak not just to the ears and the minds of men, but to the hearts. Lord, give us that which we need. You know, every individual here this evening, you know what we need better than we know ourselves. So for your glory, for your honor alone, would you do that work which only you can do? We will give you the praise for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Often in life we can end up in places where that our immediate thought is, man, I don't like it here. I wish that I weren't here. How did I get in this place? I could look back on my life and I could recount many times that I suddenly was in a place that I wasn't really sure how that I got there, but I knew that it was not a good place to be. Sometimes, unfortunately, we, we don't have our redeemed bodies yet and we find ourselves that maybe we have said something or we've thought something or we've done something that just plain and simple we ought not to have done because it was sin. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place which maybe things have just piled in on top of us and we just feel so 
discouraged and down that we just we just are not in a good place. We're not somewhere that we want to be. But I remind you that as we look into this passage here, there was one thing that they realized, and there in verse 4, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. You see, I just want to speak to you a very simple thought this evening on a good place to be, a good place to be. We might look at ourselves right now, and I could ask the question, and I'm sure that each would have different answers if we had time to go around, but where are you right now at this point in your life? Not just physically as far as where you are with the ages that you're clocking up or the jobs that you have or the things that you're doing, but where are you spiritually? You see, sometimes we're just kind of wondering and don't really stop to think, well, where are we? We never really thought whether it's good or bad. We're just kind of cruising along. You see, I would say this, that if you really thought about it, wherever you are in your life right now, it's either good or bad. It's one or the other. It's a good place to be or a bad place to be. Well, I don't know many people that, that are truly sane that want to be in a bad place. We want to be in a good place in our life. Usually, when it is the, the place that you're going to have the greatest peace, the place where you can truly say that it's good to be. You know, I, I like when David said it's good to have been in the house of the Lord. I find that most of the time as believers, as Christians, which I hope that you are this evening, and if you're not, I can tell you, you are in the worst place that you could possibly be. Whatever else that may be right in your life, you may have the finest job, you may have the home that you desire, you may have all these things, and man, everything is going just like it is. But if you are not at this point in your life, in a place that you know that you're a child of God, you know that you've been born again, you know that you've been saved, you know that you've been redeemed, whatever term that you want to put on it, you know that your sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and that you have a personal relationship with him right now. If not, you could not be in a worse place. None of us know. This is not to, to be melodramatic, and it's, it's, it's not to try to, 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 to somehow press something more than it is. The truth is, you don't know if you've got another heartbeat. You don't know if you've got any time left beyond this service tonight. You don't know if you'll even make it to the end of this service. I don't. None of us know. But I do know this. That's why that right now, with the life that God has given you by His grace, if you don't know that you belong to Him, you could not be in a worse place in your life. I don't care whatever else seems to be right. As Christians, I can tell you this. There's so many times we look in the mirror and we can see some things that will make us cringe, that could really discourage us. You know, not just because of what we look like physically, but because of what we see spiritually. And we've talked about that spiritual camera before. You know, it's God is the only one that can give us a true picture of who we are. The place that you're truly going to know that you're in a good place as a child of God is when you know that you're where he wants you to be. You know that you're not perfect, but you know that you're following him. And you know that you're where he wants you in life. And you have that, that desire to follow him and to do more and to be more in his will than you ever have before. 
there are very few exceptions where circumstances have forced someone to be in a particular place. Most places we end up, we are there by the choices that we make. We make choices. Is God in control? Absolutely, without any shadow of a doubt. But God also challenges you with your own life and your own responsibilities. You'll make choices. You make choices every day. You'll make choices even while you're sitting there tonight. It might be whether to listen to what God is saying to you. It might be to of whether or not that you want to hear what God has to say to you. You'll make choices of what to do with what God says to you. But wherever you are, whatever has brought you to the place that you are right now in your life, I can only say this from the depths of my heart. I want you to be in a good place. You see, if you're here and lost, I could not express into words how much that I want you to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And if there's anything that I could do to help you on that path, I've got time if you've got time. There's nothing that I would desire more for you this evening. But I can also say to you, if you're here as a child of God and you know that you're saved, you see, I want you to be in a good place in your life. I want you to be in that place where you know that you're where God wants you to be. You don't have to wonder. You know it's a good place because you're there with him. You see, as we look through this passage this evening, I just want to give you some, some things. Why was this a good place? Why was this a good place for Peter when he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Peter knew he was in a good place where he was right there. And that's what I want you to know. If you don't know it right now, I want you to know before you leave here that you can say with Peter, Lord, this is a good place to be in my life. I know I'm not perfect, but I know I'm on the path that you have for me. I know, Lord, that I'm doing what you want with my life. I know that my life is yielded to you. You see, what made this a good place? And I want to say, first of all, you look right there in, in, in verse 1, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them into an high mountain apart. You see, it was good to be where Jesus was. Tonight, you want the place that you are to be a good place? It needs to be where Jesus is. You need to be where Jesus is. It was Jesus that took them to where they were. They were where they were when they found it to be a good place because it was Jesus that had taken them there. Jesus had led them to that point in their life. Are you where you are in your life right now because Jesus has led you there and you know that you're there with him? You see, when you're with Jesus, one of the things that we desire so much in this life, I don't care if you're young or old, male or female, it's just to be secure, <laughs> to be secure. You know, that's why we, we lock our windows and we lock our doors at night when we, when we get ready. We want to be secure. We want to be safe. You can know no safety. You can know no peace. You can know no security like the, when you are with him there's a sense of security when you know that you're there with him. You see, I've been at places in my life when even as a Christian, I had to wonder, Lord, where are you? <laughs> but I didn't feel like I was with him. I knew the facts. I knew that he was with me. I knew that he would never leave me. But I'm saying, you want to know that you're in a good place? Know that you're there because Jesus has took you there. You may have been on the wrong path when you came here tonight, but right now in your life, 
Will you let Jesus take you by the hand and take you where he wants to take your life? With him. We so many times, we, we try to look ahead. You know, we, 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 turn, we look at these, these songs like, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. When we look to him, the things of this earth will just grow strangely dim because it's him that we're focused on. Most of us like the thoughts of heaven. We would agree that that's a good place to be one day, and we look forward to that day that we're going to be there. I can promise you right now in this life, you'll never, ever feel nearer to heaven and feel the peace and the joy of heaven like when you're with Jesus. When you know that you're with Jesus, with him, we know a, a nearness not only to him, but to each other. You see, one of, one of Satan's greatest tricks in his life, whether it's just as Christian brothers and sisters in general or whether it's within the church body, he likes to separate us. He likes to divide us. And he can do it over the stupidest things sometimes. You know, the Bible tells us there's some things that we are to be separated from. The Bible tells us to come out from the world and be ye separate, thus saith the Lord. We are to be separate from the world. The Bible tells us that we're to separate ourselves from those that are teaching bad doctrines, that are teaching another gospel, that are teaching those things that are contrary to his word. But he doesn't want us to be separated, divided when we're in the same fellowship and we're in agreement on these things. But he'll try to divide and separate you. I'm saying it's really, really hard when you're close to Jesus. It's hard to be looking at that other person and thinking bad things about them. It's hard to... You know, it's, it's, it's like I've, I've tried to encourage people time and time again, come along, be a part of the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Yes, we have the smallest turnout of the week when we have it, but it's a joyous time. It's a time that we need. The family that prays together stays together. <laughs> That's a physical family or a spiritual family. What made this a good place? This evening, the first thing that made it a good place is because it is where Jesus was. That's where I want you to be this evening. You'll never get in the good place until you're where Jesus is. Oh, if you don't know him this evening as your Lord and Savior, you can know that before you leave here. And, and how many times have we looked at these simple things? You know, it's the simplest things I've, I've seen over the years. As a pastor, you know, you know the ones that, that somehow seem to struggle the least with their Christian life are those that do the simplest things right. You know, it's not these things that we have to do that are, that are beyond our reach. It's staying near to Him. It's staying in the Word of God. It's staying on our knees. These are not hard things to understand. We need to stay near to Him. We find that if you're here as a child of God this evening, you want to know that you're in a good place and feel that and know it. Know that you're, know that you're near to Him. What separates us? The same thing that always separates us, sin in our life. Sin is what separates us. If there's anything separating you from, from Christ this evening, you can put it away because Jesus Christ died for whatever it was. It can be under the blood this evening. It was a good place because it was where Jesus was. But notice also in that, in that same verse, after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain. And what's that next word in your Bible? Apart. Apart. You see, it's good to be apart from the earthly things. It's good to be apart 
from the worldly thing. It's good to be with Jesus, but it's good to be apart from those things that will draw us away, that will take us away from what we have in Him. You see, sometimes we need to get a little distance with the world to be able to properly evaluate things in our life and evaluate where we are and evaluate what we need to do. It enables us many times to to reinforce those convictions on on things in our lives because let's face it, so many times the world wants to water down our convictions. It wants us just to to be like the world, to look like the world, to dress like the world, to smell like the world, just to, to do whatever the world wants. Sometimes to be in a good place, you need to be with Jesus and you need to be apart from the world just like they were. They were led by Jesus and they were led away from the world apart from those earthly things. Uh, They had time there with him. And that's what we need sometimes to truly be able to focus on him, upon his loveliness, upon what he is. I've got a message. You know, how long have... (laughs) I guess the first time that I, that I ever heard the message preached, I was a young man still in my, in my mid to late 20s. I was, I was in, in, in the mission institute, supposed to be learning how to, to do all this mission stuff. And, and Dr. James Crumpton preached a message, and it was simply entitled, Jesus. Jesus. You know, I've never, ever, ever, I don't know that I've ever heard a message that, that affected me more than that simple message that he preached on Jesus. And you know, for years, I'd wish that I'd recorded it. I'd wish that I'd kept it. And I mean, it wasn't like it was some deep theological thing. He literally, <laughs> I heard him go through the alphabet from A to Z or Z or whichever way you want to say it, and he used every one of those letters to give a picture of Jesus. I heard him go through every book of the Bible, all 66 books of the Bible, showing Jesus in each and every one of them. And it was just to focus upon him and who he was and all that he was. I just found that message the other day on YouTube. Somebody somebody did record it and somebody posted it up on there. I could never, ever preach it like he preached it, but I, it's one time that I may, I may actually just play a message for somebody else preaching to you that's been recorded sometime. You see, a good place to be. We need to be with Jesus. We need to be apart from the earthly things because then and then only sometimes can we truly get our focus upon him and who he really is and how lovely he is and how much he loves us and how much that we love him because we've got all these distractions in our lives so many times. That means that we're not in a good place when those things have come more to us than him. I want you to notice something else here. It was a good place to be because it's good to be where Jesus is and it's good to be apart from the earthly things. But it's a good place to be because in verses 2 to 4, and was transfigured before them. You see, they were there with Jesus. They were apart from the world. Boy, they saw something very special with Jesus that day. And was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was White as the light, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. In other words, man, we don't ever want to move away from this place. (laughs) Let us just build a place right here, right now for all three of you. Because, man, this is a good place to be. They were with Jesus. They were apart from the world. They were able 
to see God's glory being manifest in their presence. I don't know if you'll ever see it like they did here. <laughs> and the Bible says that his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light. I know that I'll see him one day when he breaks the eastern sky and he comes back, I'll see him that way. But you know, you can get a glimpse of it in this life when you get with him and you get apart from this world and you begin to get a glimpse of his glory. That's why that when we, when we come together, even, even at church, so many times it can become just such a mechanical thing. But the truth is we want him glorified. We, we toss these words out there. Do we want him to be glorified? Do we want him to, to shine in our midst like nothing else? We want him to be magnified. Do we really want him to stand out above everything else? Don't worry. You can't magnify him too much and you can't glorify him too much we can never even begin to grasp it all. But it's good to be when you know that you're with Jesus and you're apart from this earthly, you can get a glimpse of his glory, a glimpse of his glory. You can see who he is, his glory be manifest because the problem is so many times there's too many things in this world, there's too many things in our life that we, don't, we miss his glory altogether. And may I say, if we're not careful, even in the things that we do for him, so many times that old prideful flesh will get in the way. And if we're not careful, we're wanting some glory for ourselves because we're being such a fine Christian. We're accomplishing these things for God. We find that sometimes if we're not careful, we can try to take away that glory that belongs to him. You want to be in a good place this evening? Know that you're with Jesus, apart from these earthly things, looking upon his glory. Notice what did he say there in verse 5? While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You need to be this evening. You want to be in a good place? You need to be where you can hear God, where you can hear God speak to you. Now, I, I'm... You know, I'm sorry if I've missed something. I don't think that God will probably shout to you out of the clouds tonight. I've shared with you before. I can still remember the night when I, when I actually finally surrendered to, to full-time work in, 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 in missions. And I can remember being in my, my children's bedroom. And I can remember going through those things. Look, I heard God's voice. And the lights didn't flash and the windows didn't shake and all of that. But God was speaking to me. He was speaking to me through the Word of God. He was speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. And I knew that it was God that was talking to me there. You see, you won't hear God's voice if you're not in this book, folks. You know, you, you, you might hear something in your head. Well, maybe it was God, but you might have eaten too much pizza or spaghetti as well. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't trust what I hear in my head. I trust everything that God says. I believe God can use all kinds of circumstances, and I believe that God can impress things within our thoughts. Don't get me wrong. But whatever you think God is saying to you, you can always go here, and you can validate it because this is what God has given us. This is God's Word. This will not fail you. Your own heart is deceitful above all things. You can deceive yourself, but God will never deceive you. You want to be in a good place? You need to be where Jesus is. You need to be with Jesus. 
You need to be with Him and know that you're with Him and know that there's, there's nothing that's separating you and dividing you from that. You need to come apart from these earthly things, these worldly things that will get your attention and take you away from Him. You need to be where you can get a glimpse of His glory. Not what people are doing, what not other things are going on, but what God Himself is doing. You need to be where you can hear the voice of God. You need to be. You see, there's times. There's times that I spend a lot of time in this book just trying. <laughs> Sometimes not as well as other times. Trying to prepare for these times that we have together. But there's also times when I just need to be in here so God can talk to me. Because I'm not going to have much to say to you if I don't know God speaking to me. You think my messages are tough to hear sometimes? <laughs> you ought to hear them when they're being preached to me before I get there. I'm not nearly as hard on you as he is on me usually. <laughs> we need to be, folks. You need to know. You need to know it's God's voice that's directing you. You need to know just as they did there, they were in a good place. But they were in the place that Jesus had taken them. They were there with him. They were apart from this earth. They were there amidst the glory of God being manifest in their midst. They were there where they could hear the voice of God. And he says in verse 6, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. I, I, I don't even know how to say this because I don't mean it in a nasty way. But it scares me sometimes. I'm, I'm almost afraid to be in the, I don't want to be in the same building with some of these guys that are making all these demands on God because of who they are, because of any other reason, demanding this and demanding that and all of this. The thing is, what I find in the Scripture is that, you know, people do a lot of weird and wonderful things in this life because that they say that God's presence has made them do it. But the thing that I find in the Scriptures always is just all of His presence. They fell down. They were afraid. I mean, this was a presence that was like nothing else that they'd ever seen. I'm saying that, that a good place to be is where the presence of God has an effect upon your life. You don't just hear about it. You don't just know about it. It may or may not knock you to the ground, and you may not be afraid. But you need to know that it's God that's speaking to you, and it ought to have an effect upon your heart. His presence ought to change our lives. Too many people, they... They want their lives to themselves. They want to know that they're okay with God and that somehow they'll spend eternity with God, but they don't want God's presence and God's voice to them to affect their lives right where they are. Because, again, it probably goes right back down the letter. They're probably still hanging on to some of these earthly things that they do not want to let go of. And you're kidding yourself if you don't think that there's things in this life that you can enjoy so much that you don't really want to let go of it, but you need to be willing to let go of all of it if it means being with Him, being where He wants you to be. Sometimes it's being apart from all of those earthly things, seeing His glory, not what man is doing, but what God is doing, being able to, to hear His voice. It's a good place to be when God's presence is affecting you, is changing who you are, is changing what you're doing. Sometimes, I know that Sister Luciana made the point this morning about all the, all the fear knots in the Bible and all the times that it's there. And, of course, it's, 
It's sometimes worded in lots of different times and, and different ways and be not afraid and fear not and all of these. Sometimes we need to be a little bit afraid. <laughs> sometimes we need to fear some things, but perfect love casteth out fear. We don't need to fear the world. We don't need to fear the devil. We don't need to fear those circumstances. We don't need to fear those things. We need to have a respectful fear for God, the holy God that we're going to stand before that's going to judge us one day. We find that here they heard the voice of God. Man, when they heard from God, it had an effect upon them. Notice in verse 7, and Jesus came and touched him and said, Arise. And there it is. Be not afraid. <laughs> the natural thing was for them to be afraid, even of God's presence. Whoa, what's going on here? But Jesus was the one that came to soothe them. Jesus was the one that came and says, Be not afraid. You see, it's good to be when you can feel the touch of Jesus. <laughs> he was the one. He was the one that was there to soothe them. He was the one that was there to take away their fears. He was the one that in your life right now, I know, folks, I've been in some terrifying spots in my life. I've been places where I never, ever had any earthly idea what to do or where to go. And, and, and yes, times when I know it was a lack of faith. It was a lack of trusting Him. And I don't like to be in those places. The truth is, it's a good place to be when He will soothe those fears and take them away. When it's His touch, you know. You know, Jesus is the one that has said, just as He did to them here, Jesus is the one that's told you not to be anxious for anything, not to be afraid, not to be afraid of what this world can do to you. When those circumstances come, when those things happen that will naturally bring fear to your life, you can still be in a good place. You can be reminded of the touch of Jesus that you don't have to be afraid because Jesus is the one that's there with you. Notice what it says in verse 8. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man <laughs> save Jesus. Wow. To be able to open your eyes and just, doesn't matter who else is around, you just see Jesus. You just see Jesus. You know, that's where we need to be. Most of us, we've experienced those moments in our life. I've shared those times when, when I honestly believe with all my heart. Times, especially in, in, in reading the Bible, times when, I, when I've been praying and, and I believe an earthquake could have hit and I wouldn't have known anything about it unless somebody come and drug me out afterwards because I was with Him. I knew that I was with Him. I couldn't see anybody else. I could see Jesus and Jesus only. My, folks, that is a good place to be when Jesus is the only one that you can see. It doesn't matter if you can see anybody else. If you can see Jesus, that's a good place to be in our lives. You see, it's good to be where we know that what He wants for us is what we want. <laughs> How many times we can get our desires and His desires just all mixed up together? It says here, And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them in verse 9, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. There's some things that man is never going to understand. And really the fact is here is that 
until Jesus died on the cross and until he rose again the third day, he promised, we looked at that passage this morning in John chapter 14 in the Bible study time, it was then that he promised that he was going to send another greater than these, greater works than these shall you do because I'm going into the Father. He's going to send another, that paraclete, that comforter to come alongside us, to indwell us, to be there with us. And we saw where it's that Holy Spirit's ministry. He's the one that will lead us into all, all wisdom. He's the one that will give us an understanding of God's Word. He's the one that will take this Word and convict us of the sin in our lives, reprove us of that, of that sin and those things that are there. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that in anybody's life. We find that here, we find that he's telling them, don't, don't tell any man at this point, there were some things that wouldn't have mattered. They had no way of understanding until that had happened. And his disciples asked him, well, why then say the scribes? And he goes on, and they knew he was talking about John the Baptist that was coming and these things. Jesus was explaining these things to them. You see, this evening, as a child of God, the one place that we need to be that's the good place is all these things that we've looked at here so that we might I'm going to say this again this evening, and I said it this morning, and I've said it a whole bunch of times in a whole bunch of different ways. And I just want to say this again this evening because we need to get it. It's like the new pastor that was called to the church. He got up there, and his first Sunday up there, he preached John 3.16. I thought, wow, that was a good message. The next Sunday, he comes back. It's his second sermon. He preaches John 3.16. Hmm. He preached the same message two weeks in a row. He comes back the third Sunday and the fourth Sunday and the fifth Sunday. He's preaching John 3.16. They begin to say, does he not know anything except John 3.16? Then when you get this, we'll move on to something else. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to get what God is wanting us to get right now. What does God want with your life? I've said this, and I'm going to say it many times because I believe with all my heart that most of us as Christians today we're missing the greatest blessings of our life. We're missing that in our life, which should mean the most to us. Because God wants to use you. God wants you to serve Him. You are here and not in heaven. Because God still has a use for you here. And there's one reason for you to be here. The same reason that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The same reason that God planned it before in eternity's past. The same reason that he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us. It's that the work of Jesus Christ can be accomplished. That souls can be saved. That people can be won into the kingdom of God. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What are we doing? Most of us are so busy with the world around us, with all the things that have become so important to our lives that we're missing the most important thing, serving Him, the work of Christ taking place in our lives. How much would Jesus have accomplished if when He came in those 33 and a half years He spent upon this earth and once He had grown up and it was only three and a half years there at the end, what if He had just spent His time working in the carpenter shop, building houses, maybe build his own house. He could still love God and all these things. I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a home to live in. But I'm saying there's nothing. Your job, your home, there's nothing you have that's more important than him. And, and we seem to miss that, and we hear it over and over and over and over again. When are we just going to give up? You know, the best place that you can be 
But just like these men were here, men, they knew they were in a good place because they were where Jesus had taken them. Has Jesus taken you to the point that you are in your life right now, or is he trying to take you by the hand right now? Is he inviting you as a lost sinner to please come? He's died for your sins. He doesn't want you to die in them. He died to pay that price. Maybe he's inviting you right now. Please, come. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Believer, maybe you have come to him and you've got those sins forgiven. Maybe he's saying to you right now, come on. I want you to come with me. Let me take you apart from this earth. Let me take you somewhere where that when you get apart from this earth that you'll be able to see the glory of God being manifest. A place where that you'll be able to hear the voice of God and know that it's God's voice in a, in a place to where that when His voice, when you hear it and you know that God is speaking to you, it has an effect on you. It does something with your life. I'll be there to soothe you and touch you because it won't be easy every day. But you know that He's there. You know that He's there to give you that touch when you need it. He's there to where above all else <laughs> you see Jesus. You see Him. That's where your focus is. What does he want to do with your life? He wants to save you. If you're saved, he wants to save others through you. Father, there's many other things we could say this evening, but Lord, Lord, when Peter looked to you and said, well, this is a good place to be. I mean, he just wanted to build a tabernacle there so that you could just Stay there and dwell there. He didn't want to leave that place because it was a, a good place to be. I wonder how many of us here this evening, if we're honest, would say that right now in our lives, this is a good place to be. I'm right where I need to be. I'd like to, I'd like to camp out here for a while. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with these simple thoughts, Lord, as we see the things at least that made this a good place for them, see how these things can make it a good place for us. You know the hearts of each one here this evening. You know if there's one in our midst that, Lord, I, I don't know the hearts of anyone. I don't know if they've truly been born again. I, Lord, Lord, we don't need more religion. We don't need a bunch more uh, just, just lost church members. People need to know that they've been born again. Father, I pray that you'd speak to that heart and help them to know that this evening. And for every believer here, Lord, I love them. And I know you love them. You died for them. You saved them. Lord, are they in a good place or a bad place? Are they where you want them to be or where they want to be? Do they know that they're right now in the place where you've led them and where that you're going to do your work in them, or are they trying to figure that out? Lord, help us to be in a good place. Help us to desire that in our lives, to be with you, to be used of you in whatever capacity. Lord, I want everybody here to have that, that peace that passes all understanding, that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Father, you tell us that that can be ours. Your peace, not ours, but your peace. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.